In a far-off land, a radio show will commence. It's called Your Pet Matters, and tuning in would just make sense. Every Saturday at 10 a.m., relax and unwind. And listen to Dr. T, who has pet advice designed for you and for you alone. Free advice just for helping to keep your furry friend happy and healthy. Tune in to Your Pet Matters, a show underwritten by Progressive Veterinary Care with quality you can't deny. Only on 1077 The Bronx. Good morning and welcome to Your Pet Matters. I'm your host, Michael Dr. T. Tequila. And on today's show, let's talk about several things, really. First and foremost, I want to say hi to Logan Van Dyne, my new producer. Hey, Logan, how's it going? I am doing great, Dr. T. Thank you so much. It is great to finally meet you, too. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm a sports media major. I'm a senior at Ryder. I have been in the station my since I got here as a freshman. I do my own sports talk show called Sports Talk with Logan. And I also broadcast from Rick High School Football for the retro station on every Friday nights and Saturday afternoons during, during the fall semester. And I'm also part of the Ryder News. I am the sports editor for the Ryder News. And um, in my free time, I love listening to Bruce Springsteen, YouTube, Billy Joel, all that kind of good stuff. I'm a huge Giants and Mets fan. And um. I'm a, uh, I'm a born and raised Jersey guy who loves a bunch of Jersey sports, New York sports, and Jersey music. Okay, great. Glad to have you on board. Today, I, I want to talk about a wide range of things. I, I want to talk about allergies, not necessarily in pets, but in people, and the new changes that I've come across as a new cat dad. And I want to talk about a scenario that I think many veterinarians face in the clinic setting, namely limited medical workups, but having to perform necessary emergent or pseudo-emergent surgeries. So let's get started off with cat allergies in humans. I'm sure it'll come as some surprise to you listeners out there that veterinarians actually have allergies to the pets they treat. A fair percentage of veterinarians have allergies, myself included. I can examine a rabbit, but by the end of that exam, I'm wheezing. I have severe hay allergy. So going in a barn, I discovered that by running around a barn and jumping in the hay in my puberty ears. <laughs> had hives all over me. And if I go in a barn, I'll start wheezing as well. And until recently, you get me touching cats and cuddling cats, I will start sneezing and have allergies. But there's been a breakthrough, and it's all thanks to science and chickens. So first, let me introduce my source of allergies, my new cat. And let me be clear, I am a first time cat pet parent. I'm a cat dad. And this is my guy. His name's Rio. He's listed as Master Rio. I have an air tag on his on his harness. Master Rio. And he's six months old and he's the coolest cat you're ever gonna meet. And just like his dad, he likes to eat. I adopted him through the rescue group that we work with, ESL, out in Ewing. We did a group of spays and neuters, and he caught my eye. His personality caught my eye, so I kept tabs on him. 
and then eventually adopted them. So by the way, there are lots and lots of pets in need of adoption. So check out your local shelter, go in there and adopt. Adopt, don't shop. So what happens in cats is they produce a protein called the FEL-D1 protein that will be produced in their saliva. And when they groom themselves, it spreads through their hair and their skin. Let me backtrack a bit. So we as humans, we are allergic to the hair, the saliva, or the dander of cats. And I never really figured out which one it was for me. I assumed it was the hair and dander based on the fact that I wasn't let, letting a lot of cats and cats don't, a lot of cats don't lick you. So I'm assuming it was that, but I don't know what it is, but if it's the fell D1 protein, which it is in my case, it is everywhere. And so it's spread when they groom. And so what they discovered was that feeding the fell D1 protein to chickens, the chickens will then produce antibodies against this fell D1 protein. And those antibodies can pass on through generations and it passes on via the egg yolk. So chickens fed with the fell D1 protein produce fell D1 eggs with fell D1 antibody in the eggs that they lay. And then cats that eat food that contains the fell D1 antibody have a marked decrease in the fell D1 presentation. It binds to the fell D1 protein and it decreases the effects that that protein can have because in order for an allergen to have an effect, you have to have a binding of that and it's inhibited by this antibody. And it doesn't affect the cats at all. And many humans, majority of humans, I think like 70% benefit from this. And they found that it markedly decreases the production of, or the, the effect of the FELD1 protein in saliva as long as they're on this food. So here's the great news is that I started feeding real this food half and half with his kitten food. There is a fell there's a feldy one. I, I buy the Purina. There believe there's two food companies that produce this food with the feldy one antibody. Purina creates one. It's called Live Clear. And it's phenomenal. And I do half regular kitten food and half the Live Clear. And when he's older I'm gonna feed him on the Live Clear. And it's made a world of difference. I mean I could not this kid is cuddling up. He's lying and sleeping on my chest. I'm petting him. I'm kissing him all the time. And I have had scenarios where, let me backtrack again. So typically for me to function as a veterinarian when I'm dealing with cats is I'd have to take an antihistamine. I do Allegra D. I do a nasocort or um, what's it called? Why am I trying? Flonase. So Allegra D, oral antihistamine, Flonase. And then at times when it got bad, I would actually do a rescue inhaler. And I can be quite frank with you that I've been in scenarios where I have not taken anything. And I've come in and I've cuddled my cat. 
that's the significant difference this diet has made on my life. So for those of you out there that have a cat allergy and have thought, like I did, that I could never have a cat, there is hope, incredible hope. And I think it's phenomenal. I think it's phenomenal. I think that's fantastic. So science and chickens enabled me to become a cat dad. So I went to Prina's site, uh, go to prinainstitute.com and when cats were fed a diet with the egg product ingredient containing the anti-FEL-D1 antibody, the levels of active FEL-D1 in saliva were significantly reduced within three weeks. The diet with the egg product ingredient also significantly reduced active FEL-D1 on the cat's hair. So 97% of cats had a decrease in the active FEL-D1 levels with an average reduction of 47% starting week three. One half of the cats had at least a 50% reduction in active FEL-D1 levels on their hair and 86% of cats had a reduction of at least 30% from baseline. So even though it's less than 100% reduction, that has made a significant difference in my life. It was quoted as a game changer. So it's go to perinainstitute.com and it's the wonderful write-up. They'll talk about it and there's a video there that you can watch for YouTube that describes everything. It's phenomenal. Now, if only they made a antibody against the little short dog hairs. Those little things hit me and I get little hives where they, where they hit me there. <laughs> but that's probably the next generation. Um, but I'm not allergic to dog stuff to an extent. That's only the little hairs there. Everything else I'm not. So that that's phenomenal. So talk to your veterinarian. It is not, you can't, you can't go home and feed your cat eggs. Ain't gonna work. It's gotta be, it's gotta be the eggs from chickens who have been fed the Fel D1 protein. And it's gotta be properly processed. So it's gotta be food that contains this. Or you can just drug yourself up and deal with your cat allergies. But it's significant. It's significant because it, it just changes the whole mindset of cat ownership. And as a cat dad, it's phenomenal. Cats are so different than dogs. In vet school, we were told, told cats are horses and dogs are pigs as they medically present the same, both those species. But cats are just a completely different entity. And it's great. I am having the time of my life with this little guy. The only thing is, is that I have to cut his nails often because he uses my stomach as a launching pad. So when he takes off, he... He, I've got all these little scars all over my, my stomach. But other than that, it's been phenomenal. So let's take a break with some messages and we'll come back after this. You're listening to Your Pet Matters right here. 1077thebronc.com. Your Pet Matters and other programming on 1077 The Bronc is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care. 390 County Road, 518 Skillman. Happy birthday! Look at this Oh my goodness, a kitten! Let's name him Mini Kitty! Jack, how do I tell mom I failed my math test? 
Look at us, Bean. We just moved to a brand new big city. <laughs> Honey, Brandon broke up with me. <laughs> Mini Kitty, Jack, Bean, Honey, are you, are you okay? okay? Our pets are there for us when we most need them. So why not thank their unconditional love with unconditional care? At Progressive Veterinary Care, Dr. T's incomparable, compassionate, and dedicated team of veterinary caregivers are there to help your pet live a healthy life. Their progressive approach to veterinary medicine and curbside protocol provides your pet high-quality medicine and service, and their pet parents' peace of mind. For more information about Progressive Veterinary Care's commitment to pet medicine and your pet online, it's ProgressiveVeterinaryCare.com. Hear ye, hear ye! Your Pet Matters is back to answer your pet queries. Come get free pet advice from our friend Dr. T only on 1077 The Bronx. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, my name is Michael Dr. T Tequila, and I'm the host of Your Pet Matters right here on 107.7 the FM dial, 1077thebronc.com. And let's change gears a bit. Let's talk about uh, something that happened a few weeks ago and it's a situation that many veterinarians face and I'm not sure if you're aware of this but we have let me tell you about Petey Peter I call him Petey Peter presented as a second opinion for an eye issue and Peter is about 21 years old so he is geriatric in the feline age category he is he came after being examined at a 24-hour specialty center they performed blood work on him and did a physical exam and when we examined him my associate examined him it was confirmed yes he's got a heart murmur so he has cardiac disease pretty severe heart murmur the blood work that was taken then, then being at the 24-hour referral center, indicates that he's hyperthyroid and not on any medication. So he's defined as an uncontrolled hyperthyroid. And his right eye was basically blown open due to infection and needed to be removed. Now... The scenario is several fold. The client declined any sort of, so, so in order to remove that eye, that's a surgical procedure and requires anesthesia. And in order to make a safe anesthesia, you want to make sure the heart is capable of performing properly because anesthetic drugs affect heart. And typically, you want a pet to be metabolically stable. In other words, if they have hyperthyroidism, you want that thyroid controlled before you put them under anesthesia. So to do so without doing a cardiac workup or to, you know, monitor them is very, very risky. So what we were faced with is we have a client who refused to go back to the 24-hour, wanted us to perform the surgery. So I got to be frank here. Um, I'm what I term a day practitioner or a day practice or a general 
practitioner, we can do lots of things, but we don't have specialists on hand. So when you're dealing with potentially critical anesthesia, you want to have an anesthesiologist specialist on hand and or a criticalist on hand. Now, having said that, I can tell you right now that there's a lot of general practitioners out there doing surgery on pets that are sick, but there is a huge risk. And if you're talking patient care, best patient care, best medicine, the recommendation would do this. So A, client to clients. B, we wanted to do a cardiac workup prior to anesthesia to say, is it safe to undergo anesthesia? So typically my board certified cardiologist comes in, does an exam, does an echo, which is an ultrasound of the heart, and then determines what the anesthetic risks. Or yes, you can do anesthesia with no risk, or hey, you gotta be careful here, or be, yeah, this is very dangerous. That was the client. So I'll get into potential reasons why and what we can do about it. So we have declining of the referral, declining of the proper workup, and yet we need to do the surgery. And because he's a geriatric, that alone is increases potential risk. But because he's hyperthyroid, he was really emaciated in weight loss. Again, not in the great greatest metabolic condition. So this is what veterinarians face. Now, I think you can equate that to, well, you can't because in the human world, they'd be doing these tests, they'd be doing these workups. Unless it's like true emergency, you're dying and you have to go into anesthesia for that. But they'd be doing these workups in the hospital and then performing the surgery. Here as veterinarians, we're, we're limited to that sort of scenario. So we do our best. <laughs> Number one, we have a frank discussion with the owner about the risks. And she was aware, the owner Peter's mom was aware and was prepared that he could pass away under anesthesia, but wanted to go ahead and do this. So you can imagine the stress levels involved in this. But the great news is, and I'm gonna put a shout out to Dr. Zimmerman. I had a board certified anesthesiologist come in and train my team anesthesia. And those who were okay on anesthesia are phenomenal. And those who didn't really know are great. And they can monitor anesthesia like no other. So I think that training is phenomenal. Um, she owns a business called the Doggy Gym down in Belmar, New Jersey. Call her up, go there. She's phenomenal, phenomenal. And if you want her to come to your practice and train anesthesiology, go for it. She is phenomenal. So thanks to her for training the team. So the team did wonderful. We do our heart safe med protocol because let me backtrack a bit. So in order to do anesthesia, you have to give a pre-med, we call them, which is a combination of pain meds. And it, it it's a slight sedative to decrease the amount of general anesthesia that the patient would need under surgery. So it makes things safer. But you have to pick those drugs right. You have to make sure there's heart safe drugs. General anesthesia, you have to make sure there's heart safe drugs on board. And, and we use an inhalant called sebofluorine for situations like this. You also have to be careful about how much fluids intravenously are going in in cardiac patients because you could flood their lungs. You could stress their heart system out. 
So all that's being monitored by the anesthesia team, my technicians, and then Dr. Finger had to perform a nucleation. She did a great job, flawless. So I'm really happy to report that the surgery was a success and Peter came out of it fine and did really well. So the necessity to do that came from, he's got an infected eye. You can only imagine the pain he was in. I can only imagine the pain this guy was in. And it was all swollen and it was infected. So getting that out must make him feel like a million bucks. And he couldn't see from it anyway, so he's not lacking anything there. Um, but as you can see in the photo of, of my associate, Dr. Finger, who did the surgery in him, he looks like, a, I, call him, I call him Petey the Pirate. Um, but he's doing, he's doing good. So I talked about declining of services. So many of the situations are declined due to finances. So for you pet parents out there, there are options. Um, number one, if you had insurance for your pet, in cases like this, it would have been covered up to, I don't know, sometimes 90%. Um, so you'd have a fair amount of coverage for this. So it would take the burden off you financially. Number two would be there are payment options. Now, keep in mind, veterinarians are not banks. So doing payment plans with your veterinarian is not in the best interests of anybody. The best would be to utilize your credit card as it should be used. You put the bill on the credit card and you pay it off, hopefully within a month so that you're not charged any interest. Number three, there are companies that will give you payment options. Scratch pay and care credit are the two that come to mind that over the phone you could be authorized to get X amount so that you could get the surgery needed or procedure or whatever medical treatment needed so that you can go ahead and do this. Because not having funds can lead to a euthanasia sort of situation. So have a frank discussion with your veterinarian at the time of service to talk about things. Now, not paying your vet ain't cool <laughs> because don't, don't forget, your vet has, it, it is a hospital that they are running and there are members of that hospital team that need to pay for their groceries, pay their bills, pay their rent, etc. So it's not something that when everyone says, why can't you do it for free? Well, there is no, there's no, it's not like to do this is free for the, the veterinarian hospital. It is, there's always an expenditure amount there. But definitely talk to your veterinarian, have a frank discussion. There are options always available. And for you pet parents of young, healthy pets, get insurance because these are the moments that it will pay for itself. Okay, let's take a short break with some messages and we'll come back right here on Your Pet Matters on 1077, 1077thebronc.com. Your Pet Matters and other programming on 1077 The Bronx is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care, 390 County Road, 518 Skillman. Happy birthday! Woo! Yippee, yippee. Oh my goodness, a kitten! Let's name him Mini Kitty! Jack, how do I tell Mom I failed my math test? Look at us, Bean! We just moved to a brand new big city! <laughs> Honey, Brandon broke up with me! Mini Kitty, Jack, 
Bean? Honey? Are you, are you okay? okay? Our pets are there for us when we most need them. So why not thank their unconditional love with unconditional care? At Progressive Veterinary Care, Dr. T's incomparable, compassionate, and dedicated team of veterinary caregivers are there to help your pet live a healthy life. Their progressive approach to veterinary medicine and curbside protocol provides your pet high-quality medicine and service, and their pet parents' peace of mind. For more information about Progressive Veterinary Care's commitment to pet medicine and your pet online, it's ProgressiveVeterinaryCare.com. Hear ye, hear ye! Your Pet Matters is back to answer your pet queries. Come get free pet advice from our friend Dr. T only on 1077 The Bronx. Hello everyone, my name is Logan and I am producer of Your Pet Matters only on 1077 The Bronx at what I'm Welcome to another edition of Your Producer Pet Project once again on 1077 The Bronx at 1077The Bronx. So you heard it. Dr. T was talking about cats on, on this episode of Your Pet Matters. Talking about how if you are allergic to cats, you can have a cat. I know that because my mother is allergic to cats and we have three cats of our own. But for this particular episode of your of your producer's pet project, I also want to talk about the warning signs of when you need to know you have to take your cat to a vet. Not many people really know when is the appropriate time to take your pet, any pet, like a cat, to, to the vet. They could be... You can, only, you can only really take your pet when you think it's necessary for the vet when you just get them. And that can be it for quite some time. And that's not really a good thing to do. You, you should always take your cat or any pet to the vet no matter what. So here on this edition, I thought it would um, be a good idea to do 10 warning signs that you need to take your cat to a vet. So number one, obviously, are signs of obvious distress. Cats are typically very stoic animals. So if your cat suddenly seems to be in distress, it's a cause for concern. Howling, crying hiding and otherwise acting in a way that is way out of character for your pet should should, should alert you that something may be seriously wrong so that, that that's one of them here's another one abnormal litter box behavior Ch changes in the litter box habits particularly in male cats can indicate a serious health problem so that so that, that so for example urinary obstruction is, is, is a condition that prevents the cat from pe passing urine and can be fatal without treatment if your cat suddenly begins urinating outside of the litter box straining and crying while, while producing like little, little urine too or begins grooming the gentile area constantly contact your vet uh, immediately N next one repeat vomiting this is something that we had a like ever before we had a cat who uh, we still have a cat who was vomiting a lot so we had to take him to the vet so occasionally vomiting of food or hair is normal but repeat vomiting may indicate that something is seriously wrong so if your cat continues to eat and drink as well as and uses the litter box contact your veterinarian to discuss the symptoms however if your cat stops eating or drinking and urinating it, it should be considered a medical emergency if he throws up also Overwhelming fatigue. Many cats are naturally low energy, but if your cat suddenly becomes entirely sedentary, does not work up enthusiasm for things she normally he or she, he or she normally enjoys, and even goes goes off by herself or himself to sleep in a strange areas, something is seriously wrong. Next, sudden change in appetite. Cats have a reputation for being finky. For being finky, but you know what is normal for your pet if appetite ch changes suddenly. With him showing either more or less interest in his food th th than usual, he may have an undiagnosed health issue too. Also, dragging back legs. Dragging back legs. That, that, that's something that is a complication that can develop in cats with heart disease and this condition, a blood clot. So be on the lookout for that. And then how about this, a lump or unusual growth? Lumps or bumps may be perfectly harmless, but without examination, it is impossible to tell. Even if the new growth is, is beginning, it can develop or an area that caused discomfort for your pet. 
and then coughing or breathing changes. So, so if, if your cat has, if your cat has any, any changes to the respiratory system, such as sounds from coughing to increase the number of breaths to the sound of, of more of more shallow breathing, it should be taken seriously. So be on the lookout for that. And then discharge from eyes or the nose. So if you see a discharge from the eyes or nose in particular, when combined with shortness of breath, panting or sneezing, can be a sign of respiratory infection. These infections can progress quickly if left untreated. And finally, after any major trauma or fighting with another cat. If your cat is struck by a car, God forbid, hangs with another animal or otherwise experiences trauma, a visit to the vet is in order. Even if your pet seems fine, he may have internal injuries or wounds hidden beneath his or her fur. A quick trip to, to the veterinarian for, for checkup is worth the time and it can reduce the risk of infection or other, or, or other complications. So th those are just some of the things that you can be looking for for your pet. If your cat in particular needs to go to the vet, these are the things that you have to look out for too. So I hope you found this edition of Europe is particularly useful. This has been Logan the Diet of 100 in the Bronx and 107 in the Bronx.com. That was today's segment of Producers Pet Project. Your one stop for all things pet news, recall alerts, adoption services, and more. Be sure to tune in next time. And for a more in-depth conversation, listen to Your Pet Matters with Dr. T every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Producers Pet Project is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care. Only on 107.7 The Bronx. Your Pet Matters and other programming on 1077 The Bronx is underwritten in part by Progressive Veterinary Care. 390 County Road, 518 Skillman. Happy birthday! Look at this Oh my goodness, a kitten! Let's name him Mini Kitty! Jack, how do I tell Mom I failed my math test? Look at us, Bean. We just moved to a brand new big city. <laughs> Honey, Brandon broke up with me. Mini Kitty? Jack? Bean? Honey? Are you, are you okay? okay? Our pets are there for us when we most need them. So why not thank their unconditional love with unconditional care? At Progressive Veterinary Care, Dr. T's incomparable, compassionate, and dedicated team of veterinary caregivers are there to help your pet live a healthy life. Their progressive approach to veterinary medicine and curbside protocol provides your pet high-quality medicine and service, and their pet parents' peace of mind. For more information about Progressive Veterinary Care's commitment to pet medicine and your pet online, it's ProgressiveVeterinaryCare.com. Your Pet Matters is back to answer your pet queries. Come get free pet advice from our friend, Dr. T, only on 1077 The Bronx. Welcome back. So if you're just joining us, it's Dr. T here on Your Pet Matters, right here on 107.7 FM, 1077thebronc.com. And we've been talking about cat things. And I'd like to finish my portion by talking about something that is often overlooked and rarely recognized by pet parents it is arthritis in cats let me backtrack i could generalize this statement that i think that arthritis in pets is generally overlooked the most common common your vet, most common comment your veterinarian will hear is well they don't seem like they're in pain believe you me they are in pain they just don't show it or honestly complain about it like we do. So we'll talk about the signs of pains in cats, arthritic pain in cats, and we'll go from there. So typically we're dealing with 
middle age to senior to geriatric pets. And the common goal that I want you to think about is the whole concept of early detection gives us the capabilities of intervention and allows us to lead and help our pets live healthier, happy lives. So arthritis in cats is typically characterized by inflammation and degeneration of their joints. And what this leads to, and anyone middle-aged and above, you can feel pain, stiffness, and decreased mobility. It can also affect some younger cats, typically if there's underlying health conditions or trauma or possibly genetic variations. So something that I actually explained to a client today, this pet is suffering from what appears to be, because they declined to work up, is osteosarcoma of the mouth, but it's actually infiltrating into the bone. So this cat has no jaw and everything's inflamed as the tumor progresses. And they told me that the cat doesn't appear to be in pain. And I, so I went off and on my soapbox and talked about how cats are experts at hiding pain. So if you see that a cat is visibly showing you illness or hiding or showing you signs of pain, they are in severe fear pain. So it is your role as a pet parent to look for subtle changes. Usually it's in behavior and mobility that would identify that your cat is having arthritic pain. So what do I mean by behavioral changes? Well, decreased interest in playing a reluctance to engage in regular activities, lethargy, those types of signs. Now, big signs you're going to see is not necessarily difficulty jumping, although that, that is a sign. It'll be the hesitance to jump, reluctance to move, reluctance to climb those stairs, double take before they go up those stairs. One of the most common things I hear for both cats and dogs is, well, they don't come upstairs anymore. That is a sure sign that there is something going on. For cats, changing in grooming habits, they may have difficulty grooming hard to reach areas. They may have a scruffy appearance as a result of that. They may avoid high places that they used to enjoy because of the pain and stiffness of jumping. When you get to this point though, if they're vocalizing and aggressive, that could be definitive signs of pain, especially vocalization. So what, I'd recommend is having your vet do a comprehensive examination. Part of our regular physical exam is to palpate the joints and manipulate the joints and see if there's anything moving. We also look at muscle. Is there muscle wasting or muscle atrophy of the joints? And so what we want to do is we want to prevent it. So at middle age and above, or if there's signs of arthritis, we do recommend supplements, the glucosamine and chondroitin supplements that we take. Those are excellent at promoting joint health. And then when we get to a certain level where they're going to need pain management, there is options for pain management. The most common are non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, otherwise known as aspirins. And it's very important that the aspirins be formulated for your cats. And something definitely to think about is these aspirins can actually affect kidney function 
and may lead to aggressive effects if there are, is kidney deficits in your, in your cat. So it's really important that there is a recent blood panel to make sure there is a discussion so that they can talk about the use of non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. And in severe cases, or in the old days, steroids were used because it can really manage severe inflammation, but you don't want to mix steroids or an aspirin. And most recently, drug-wise, there is a monoclonal antibody made by Pfizer, which is zoetis in the pet world. It's called Silencia. And it actually helps, promotes cartilage repair and regeneration of the arthritic joint and helps in pain. And it lasts a month. And typically it's the second injection that you'll start to see the signs, but we're getting a lot of feedback on the first injection. Now, other things that we utilize at my practice are low-level laser therapy. It can really reduce pain and inflammation and stimulate tissue healing. We use pulsed electromagnetic field therapy loops, a company called a CC loop, which helps reduce pain and inflammation. And you can do physiotherapy because it helps control and rehab the joint. Other modalities outside the Western approaches include acupuncture, herbal remedies, nutrition and weight management are huge. You have an overweight individual, whether they be human or animal, it is definitely putting enhanced stress on the joints with increased weight usually comes decreased mobility. So you will notice in those pets that are on weight loss programs or humans who lose weight, they become feeling better. They are more active. They move. I think it's very important to move diet, balanced diet, there are some joint-friendly nutrients in those diets that will help. And like I said, moving is huge. Low-impact exercise, playing with your cat, slowly working up to inclined movements, to stairs, to jumping. Interactive toys, laser toys, feather, feather toys. Um, my cat will chase for churu. <laughs> I can get him to climb things for true. So definitely do things like that. Cause not only does it help them physically, it helps them with mental stimulation. So definitely watch out. So you as a pet parent can definitely recognize and watch out for signs that your cat may have signs of arthritis and pain. If you're at all concerned, or if you see these signs, contact your veterinarian and they can go through treatment options. And I usually talk to clients about things that it's an additive approach. So we'll start with supplements. We'll move on to pain management and we'll add each aspect, regular modalities, laser, acupuncture, physio. Those are all different things we can do. Um, and one common thing is once you lose that, there's a, there's a circle I always talk about. If you're in pain, pain leads to decreased mobility. Decreased mobility leads to muscle atrophy or wasting, which leads to more pain, which leads to more decreased mobility, which leads to more atrophy. So we want to break that cycle of, of, of arthritic changes. And whether it's through supplements, pain management, alternative approaches, diet, that's the way to go. And there is a new supplement out there. It's called Myos, M-Y-O-S, that is strategically and specifically designed to help 
rebuild muscle mass. So definitely talk to your veterinarian about that as well. So that is feline arthritis in a nutshell, signs, symptoms, and treatment. And I hope this has been an informative show for you. We've talked a lot about cats um, and my journey through cat allergies. And we talked about Peter and we finally finished with arthritis. So for you feline pet owners out there, remember, look for the signs of arthritis. Think about issues that if there's something wrong with an eye, call your vet immediately. And for those who may have allergies towards cats, think about what I said today, that you too can have a cat based on the benefits of antibodies created in chickens. Till next time, everyone, remember, love your pet like they love you unconditionally. Have a great day. Your Pet Matters with Dr. T comes to a close. Yet fret not if you missed the 10 a.m. Saturday show. Tune in Monday morning at 9 if you please. And hear free advice for all your dog and cat needs. You can find past episodes on the Your Pet Matters podcast or go to 1077thebronc.com slash yourpetmatters. Made for you and your pets. 1077 The Bronx is beyond compare. Your Pet Matters is underwritten by Progressive Veterinary Care.